Hey, if you like us and think we're doing a good job, please leave a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this. It really helps grow the show. Also, check out the video version of the podcast at our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash C slash Haposupremacy. And now, let's get into what's happening. Hey, what's happening? This is episode 86. You have to look behind you to make sure you get the number right. Yeah, because I can't count sometimes. Uh, my name is Shane. And I'm Nico. <laughs> and uh, we have Joshua Ferguson, the host of The Hourly Struggle with us. This is going to be great. How are you doing, man? All right. Yourself? And we're hanging in there. Uh, I got the COVID a few times, but I'm good. I'm good. No, yeah, I'm kidding. Right. <laughs> yeah, I should put on a mask so you won't infect him through the internet. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, we were planning on doing that and then we forgot. Yeah. So I actually just get the COVID and give it to other people. I don't keep it for myself. I just redistribute it. Hmm. I don't know why I never thought of that. You know, why, why don't people just do that? Right. You just yeah. don't keep it. Just give it away. There you go. And, and, and also if, for people who aren't watching, like Joshua has this really, like, really cool beard. And so the base, <laughs> what happens that the beard just filters everything. So nothing can, you know, yeah, I could actually comb it up and just make it my mask itself. But you know. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that'll work too. <laughs> I was gonna be like, "Are you wearing a mask?" Yeah, I am. Look at way I, I brush my beard. Come on, man. <laughs> I want to try that at Walmart now. Just like they tell me I need a mask, just pull my facial hair up and see what they say. You should do that and then report and do a video on it. Like, yeah, they were like being really stingy on you know, beard mask. Like, I don't get it. Um, but anyway, uh, so. The main reason that we wanted you on is because, uh, so there's this, um, for those who don't know, and I'm sure there's plenty out there who don't, but there's this Facebook group called the Liberty Movement, which uh, I'm a part of. And, and I know, I think uh, you're one of the admins, I believe, of that Facebook group, correct? Correct. Okay. And so, and, and there's a lot of other, uh, I guess, big name uh, Liberty people in that group as well. And so... Can you kind of, I guess, just kind of explain exactly what the whole point of that group is and, and why you created it? Well, I, I didn't actually create it. I was brought in um, mostly because well, I was just asked to be in the group and then I started commenting and that's how you become an admin in a group sometimes in the early right. stages. But it was the issue where there was conversations going on around with a lot of us in the liberty movement in the you know sort of the broader context of what that movement is think back to like the ron paul days and everyone sort of called it the liberty movement you'll actually find another group on facebook that's sort of dormant under that name and the premise is that libertarians and people that believe in liberty kind of suck at messaging like we're so busy out there trying to quote rothbard or hey have you read human action and we're like we're not really good at controlling the narrative or even being part of the narrative, let alone the culture. So the idea initially was to try to get libertarians together to work together on projects, to talk to each other, to try to find ways outside of just yelling about politics to influence the culture itself, because that's where libertarianism or any ideas really need to take hold. Be uh, Not to overuse the, you know, Breitbart aphorism, but it's, you know, politics is downstream of culture. Libertarians are really good about talking about political campaigns and who we want to be president or what have you, but really bad at everything else. And so that's an issue where we're like, hey, what if we got people together to work on other stuff? Now, I'm terrible at this, too, because all my videos are yelling about politics. So I sort of need to also work away from that. But to give you an actual example, there's a group of people that got together and they just had a meeting 
I believe, a couple of days, yesterday or the day before, and it's to work on a documentary about uh, C-19. So it's people that actually hadn't really known each other and like, oh, you do this and you do this. Hey, what if we did this and let's work together? And then we're trying to get some people together to do you know, music collaborations or documentaries or other things that aren't just political action. And I don't mean political action like things that are political. I mean specifically campaigns, because that's what you mostly see from the libertarian world. It's campaigns, it's candidates, it's issue politics, as opposed to cultural things. And that was really the impetus. There's also a second part of the group, and that's a localization situation where people are trying to set up things like meetup where you have local chapters and local groups so in your state in your province in your country what have you you'd be able to get together with people and actually hang out with people and talk to people and share ideas with people that you have an affinity for politically and socially without just being in this online echo chamber so hey maybe if the you know mandated lockdowns ever end people could go out and get a beer together or go whatever 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 the kids do these days yeah, and, and there's definitely those uh, libertarians or people who are just in the liberty movement in general, like you were saying, that you know, voting just isn't in their repertoire or just in their yeah. DNA or whatever. Like voting isn't gonna help anything or whatever. So yeah, like just like you know, getting a beer or something or just going out and hanging out with some other uh, you know, liberty minded folks or whatever, that is very important because um to kind of somewhat plug a, a um a, our appearance on the Brian Nichols show, he was kind of asking us about, well, how do we keep up with, you know, the culture and everything like that? And we kind of, and my whole thing was just to be more aggressive in terms of your messaging, because I mean, a big example of this now is black lives matter. And just when, if you watch basketball and you watch the NBA on the court, it says black lives matter in the middle of the court. And that's, that's pretty massive. I mean, when you literally have, a group's name on some basketball court like that, where a lot of people are going to watch. That's, you know, that, that's pretty crazy, you know, in terms of just the, how that's going to be seen by a lot of people. And so with like libertarian messaging, obviously it's not going to happen overnight where everyone's just going to become libertarian and be like, Oh man, wearing a mask. What? I, I'm, I'm not for that. That like, obviously there's gonna be people like right now, there's people who are just like, who are the opposite. They're like, why aren't you wearing a mask? I want grandma to die. You know, that whole thing. So my, my whole thing is just to be more aggressive with your messaging because saying, you know, just like taxation of Steph is a big one, but there's, aren't, there's people who, who think you're crazy for even saying that, like, well, we need taxes because this is the, you know, for what's the price. It's, it's the price we pay to live in a civilized society. Right. What right. About, yeah. What about my roads? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, but even with those type of things or whatever to, explain what you're talking about and to let them understand where you're coming from. And I'm not saying they're going to change their mind right there and then, but to kind of put that little match in their head to be like, Oh, okay. Well maybe there is more to this than, Oh yeah. I just get, when I look at my paycheck and I see all the taxes taken out. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm totally fine with that because I'd had, I had really no choice in that other than getting the job basically. So not, not only is that a place that we, we kind of suck at as libertarians in general, but even the campaign's really terrible because we've all seen the video of the kid. It's funny because his name was like Jojo, but his kid in the back of the car when he opens up his first paycheck and then he sees how much taxes were taken out. If you actually do like a YouTube search, you'll find dozens of these videos where you're like, yeah, I got my first paycheck. And they're like just completely destroyed. And that's a big message. And who shares those the most? The right. The lockdowns. Who's the biggest groups against it? 
the right. I mean, this is we're living through in our lifetimes. I'm I'm probably older than you two a little bit, but we're living through the most tyrannical times in this country in our lives of just I think I just saw a story a couple days ago that my governor has just blatantly violated hundreds of laws just just by fiat. These laws don't matter anymore because I have these rules for the lockdown. And my state is doing nothing to push back on that. The right, the libertarians, nothing. There's no pushback. And we're really good at being meme lords. We're really good at having, you know, we have this whole joke of like the left can't meme. And I've got the theory that that's completely wrong. The left is absolutely brilliant at memeing. You know, the difference is they're not just doing it in echo chamber groups. They're doing it in the real life. The fact that Black Lives Matter is in front of buildings, the fact that it's on every tech website you go to, the fact that it's on the NBA's court, that's a meme. That started as a hashtag, and it's a cultural phenomenon. Meanwhile, we've got little toy statues of the stonks meme, maybe, or stuff like that, or it's like, yeah, cool, we, we know the meme stuff. We have memes that we have to explain. To, like, I have a friend who I literally have to explain memes to him, Like I'm like, and I've known him for years. I'm like, oh, no, that's because of this. Hold on, let me, let me deep dive into 4chan so you can get this. Whereas the left, it's just shouting things from the rooftops and everyone's like, yeah, okay. And even the libertarian world. I and mean, you've seen this where it's like, oh, yeah, Black Lives Matter. And you're like, you know, that's just a leftist meme that you're now parodying. Like, yeah. And you have to kind of um, also let them know that, well, I'm not talking about the organization. Like, I get, I get where they're coming from and I get the movement, but then the, the organization. So, you know, that's a whole other can of words that I'm sure yeah. we'll probably get into as well. With like the liberty movement, uh, you know, trying to branch out because, like you said, there is this echo. You know, it's funny too because they say, "Well, you know, stop being in an echo chamber." Well, libertarians are guilty of that too, you know. Right. Yeah, and I'm sure you've, um, you know, you 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 believe the same thing as well. Where echo chamber and, and to be and to be fair and you know to kind of be fair, or whatever it, it is hard to kind of get away from that because everyone just loves people being like, "Oh yeah, I agree, hundred percent. Your everything you said is right," but that's as much as that feels good and it's great to see people kind of agree with you and all that. It's also important to let other people know because we see and we hear stories of people who came from the left or were conservative or, or neocon or wherever, and now they're libertarian, you know, and including the, the ticket that's happening, the presidential vice presidential ticket of the libertarian party. They, you know, spike, I, I believe he said he came from like a neocon Yep. Uh, area or whatever so mm -hmm. that it's it's really uh it's incredible just all the different stories that of people coming in i uh, i think that's an interesting i think that's an interesting thing that we need to focus on uh even even if you want to talk just politically because yeah people came from ask any libertarian like what type of libertarian are you and they're gonna say oh i came from the left i came from the right i was this i, I swung from one side to the other i've just hated arbitrary authority since i think like the fourth grade when i stopped doing homework like i just always sort of had that problem so i don't have that that arc that a lot of people have so it's difficult for me to to understand it but i i can't empathize and the idea that we can't reach people and the libertarian party right now is actually one of the worst groups i've seen with this where they don't think they can reach people of certain persuasions I mean, they're like oh well MAGA people are going to vote for trump i'm like really i live in california like california is going to biden almost no matter what happens here so really you can reach a lot of disaffected people and like i said i, I have a friend uh, she's been on a lot of local podcast a lot of the national podcast angela mccardo and she was helped organize some of the protests in la against the lockdowns and there were major trump people there and once you start talking to them almost all of them are like oh yeah we love libertarians we just you know can't get behind your party so you can reach these people you can reach people across the aisles you just have to understand where they're coming from and a lot of people also don't want to be 
pandered to. They just want to know that you understand what they're saying. And that's a whole nother bag of worms. Yeah. There was something interesting that um, Julie Borowski was talking about where, and I'm not sure if you agree with this or not, but I kind of want your opinion on it. She said that people who are on the left who don't want to vote Democrat will probably lean more towards the Green Party. So maybe people on the right who don't want to vote for Trump would lean more towards the Libertarian Party. I would say in my so I'm in I'm in liberal California, I, you know, I'm in the People's Republic of California. And so I deal with sort of both perspectives because I'm in Orange County, which used to be called it used to be the, behind the orange curtain. You know, it was like the Republican enclave of Southern California, uh, this side and then San Diego. I would say the most people that are willing to listen to libertarians on all issues, social and conservative, are people from the right. People on the left, they're willing to listen to some of it, but I rarely see people coming to libertarianism from the left. Not that it doesn't happen, but you don't. I don't see it as often. So I think in my personal biases, I would tend to agree with Julie to a point. I don't think the Green Party matters enough. I mean, unfortunately, same with the LP. It doesn't really matter enough to really pull a ton of votes, but it can pull some. I think it's also more an issue of how it's sold because you also have to talk about how you're going to disaffect other people. Cause I think I read that tweet storm of hers and I think it was referencing how the libertarian party is sort of trying to shift left to get votes right now and mm -hmm. how it's just kind of not going to work. And I think the bigger danger of that is pushing off all of the people on the right who are libertarian. And a lot of people, this is something that I, I noticed a long time ago is that I've been around the country. I've been to most of the States at this point and people are intolerant everywhere in different ways but it's a different type of intolerance like when i go to san francisco if i were to wear a maga hat or say something that was you know too edgy i will get thrown out of shops like they will not tolerate that it's like you go into the caster district and there are pride flags everywhere and that reminded me of when i was in west virginia and they're like revivals everywhere and religious stuff everywhere it's like it's just a different religion the difference was if I go into the South or I go into a conservative area and I'm wearing a pride flag hat or whatever, they just typically don't care. They're mm -hmm. almost more forgiving. So you can have a lot of more progressive stances on social issues. And if you sell it like, hey, it's limited government. Hey, it's mind your business. Hey, don't force on anybody else. They're more receptive to that. Whereas the natural libertarian position is you can do what you want as long as you aren't harming other people and not forcing your beliefs on other people. The left has a harder time grasping that. Like, what do you mean I can't I, I I can't make someone bake the cake? So I think she's right, but I think it's it's though it's deeper than that because it's the abused um the abused voter problem. People on the right are, are you know, Republicans always vote Republican. It doesn't matter if it's Reagan or Trump, and people on the left always vote Democrat, it doesn't matter if it's Obama or Hillary Clinton. And there's only a certain percentage below that that will sway either way. Can we get them on our team? Can we not? I think it's more to do with salesmanship than anything else. I think the problem is the Libertarian Party tends to almost pander to one side or the other. You know, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We saw that with Joe Jorgensen's campaign in 96, where it was like the Republicans are big and bossy, sort of picking on the Republicans. And then on the and now we're seeing it more like, yay, hashtag BLM. So it's it's more to do with being not honest and less to do with whether people are more likely to go a certain route, I think. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think a lot of people... I mean, we see we see from the numbers that just a lot of people just don't vote. So there's mm -hmm. that. People are just like, well, I guess I'm just not going to vote for anyone then. Yeah. And you know what's funny too about that, about not voting? 
I, I don't I could be wrong, but I think there was like a map. It could have been a meme or something. So I'm, I'm probably shooting the shit or whatever. But I saw a map where it said if we were going just off of who didn't vote, like I think 40 or so of the 50 states were all grayed out. Like they didn't like, you know, no, that's how many people voted in terms of the numbers, whatever, you know. And so that I think that's who we would have to we we but like you know what I mean like the libertarians or yeah you know, the liberty movement or whatever I don't even know how else to say it but just like those are the people that I think yeah getting that message out and just letting them know um and sorry I'm probably, I'm going all over the place but like with your your example too like when you're talking about being in San Francisco and having a MAGA hat and people are just throwing you out because they don't like that or whatever. Like that would be considered like ostracization, right? They don't want to have anything to do with you. We want our business and however we want our inclusive business. And that's fine. If they want to do that, totally, whatever. That's your prerogative. You can do that. And then the same with you saying being in the South, if you wore like a pride hat or just you had more left leaning tendencies or, or you know, we'll say they'll be more forgiving or they, they just won't even bother you with you there's like oh that's that's you know whatever those who they are but we're who we are but they can come in here if they want to give us money in our business totally we're cool with that you know oh they may talk smack but yeah right right exactly yeah and at the end of the day if you're giving me money hey whatever cool that's fine yeah (laughs) you know um but basically what, what i'm trying to say is that like if the ostracization from the left if that's what they want to do like and i'm sure we would agree with this, but they can do that. If they want to do that, fine, you know, but we all know this would be true if they did that in the right, like in Alabama, for example, just because that's this, the, that's just a typical stereotypical type of example. If, if in a business establishment kicked out someone because they were gay, like they had a pride hat or, or something they were or they were some, something or whatever, they were like gay or I don't know, whatever. And they kicked them out. That would be national news. Or I can't like the bake the cake thing, for example. That was just national news. I can't believe you just was bake the cake. What's the problem? It's like, well, because I'm religious and I don't, I don't like that. That's my personal thing. I don't want to do it. You can go to some other baker. I'm sure they'll be totally fine with you getting your, their business or whatever. You know. So I don't yeah, know. That, yeah. I don't know if any of that made sense, but well, no. It's it's also it's it's the issue of hypocrisy, and I think that's where a lot of libertarians also fail because we're always trying to be nice. But and I, I I'm loath to quote her, but I will anyways or paraphrase her. But but Ann Coulter said a long time ago that libertarian. I don't wait. Is this a PG or R rated show? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, it's not bad, but I just want to make sure. Not too bad. But she said libertarians are pussies because they'll absolutely tell you their stance on marijuana, but they won't tell you their stance on discrimination. And mm-hmm. that's a fundamental problem is that it's an issue of being honest. Now, yeah, using the Alabama example, yeah, people down there may be judgmental. They may talk smack. They may not treat you the way you want to be treated. They'll probably still take your money, but people are jerks everywhere. The issue is that that would make national news. I mean, you see somebody getting thrown out of a store out of a, uh, for, or getting beat up in the streets or having a hat stolen from them, and it gets pushed in conservative circles, and Fox News talks about it, but the left sort of ignores it. Mm-hmm. And then I just saw a story recently where somebody claimed he was thrown out of a store or a mall. 
because men don't carry purses. And it was suspect to begin with. I don't know that I believe this story, but it was all, I saw it all over my Facebook feed. It was like, uh, so now it's news because somebody was discriminated against for wearing a, a, a purse, for carrying a purse. Uh, okay, I guess. I would have thrown them out because the purse didn't match his shoes and that's just, you know, okay. <laughs> but <laughs> it's that issue of consistency. There just, there isn't any on, well, either side, but yeah, there isn't any consistency. That whole thing just reminds me of that Seinfeld episode where Jerry's carrying like the man purse, whatever, and everyone keeps making fun of him. It's like, it's a man purse. Come on. What's the problem? It's from Europe. Nope. That and a fanny pack. Get out. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So, I guess speaking of the messaging and all that, we can kind of go into uh, just the LP 2020 ticket and some of the, uh, and obviously not everyone's going to agree with this part, but I think it's definitely something that should be discussed. And that is, you know, like you were saying with um, Joe Jorgensen's tweet about BLM or whatever, like the first big one that everyone was all, I can't believe everyone's having an autism moment on this or whatever. And that's, yeah, like it's one of the examples of, because then there was that clarification tweet afterwards. That's after all this shit that she was getting, or at least the Twitter feed was getting. I don't know. I know for a fact that wasn't her tweeting that thing. Um but then with uh, Spike Cohen as well, with some of the Facebook posts that he's been, uh, and again, I, I'm pretty sure it's not Spike doing it, but I, I'm not 100% on that as, as much as I know about the Joe's social media uh, stuff. But like, for example, with him saying, in with long posts on Facebook saying that there's this, um, tra- was it like this transsexual genocide happening in America? And Okay, so your your video about that was really good because you kind of broke it down. You went like, you know, you read the whole thing and then you stopped and said, okay, let me let you know how this much of a, how much of this is bullshit. And so the part that really kind of made me go, okay, this guy, this guy knows what the fuck's going on is because you're like, yeah, this isn't a genocide because how many people was it, like 20 people? 20, he claims 28. The link he claims is 29 because they listed a city. And then the actual source list is list 26 because two of them, well, one according to the coroner and the other one looked like they were drug overdoses. But yeah, he claims 28. 28 people were, were killed who were trans. And so that was a genocide, an epidemic, and being erased from history. Well, I guess you could consider it a genocide if there was only 50 transsexual people <laughs> in the entire world. You know, you know, so I, I guess you could say it like that, but who knows how many there are as far as, you know, I don't know. Well, like well, the motive is what made it like, or when he was talking about in the, in the video, the motive is what kind of um, makes the difference of whether it's targeted mm-hmm. towards like trans people mm-hmm. or if it's just other situations and they happen to be trans. Right. And so two things first i don't give joe or spike a pass at all on not controlling their twitter their facebook whatever for for a couple reasons primarily because it's the old adage of the buck stops here it's your name at the top of the ticket you need to be making sure that people are on point with what you believe and putting out you know appropriate messaging i mean there was a tweet where uh i think from joe jorgensen's account that said I'm going to be the first woman on all 50 ballots everyone's like you you mean from a minor party because hillary like what and that one's since been deleted and also what are their jobs joe jorgensen's been a professor at clemson for quite a while her job is literally messaging to students literally educating people on issues and controlling a message to people spike is a podcaster 
His job is literally messaging. So the idea that they would then put people below them that are less qualified at this or weren't able to do it is a lack of leadership. So that's why I don't give them a pass on that. A, the buck stops there. B, their personal jobs are literally messaging. So the idea that they're letting other people flub that is a big problem for me. The issue I had with Spike's thing, and I didn't really even want to talk about it because it's almost a third rail of the, the whole trans issue because I don't really care. I, I have a friend who's trans. I used to have customers at the old store I used to work with that were. I just, I just don't care. I don't have enough time in my day to care to fight with people over things that don't affect my life for the most part, unless it's something that I'm doing like the show or talking to friends, what have you. But it's in my everyday life, I'm not going to stop talking to somebody or not be friends with somebody or whatever. Like, I don't care about that issue enough. But Spike's thing was just, just straight out pandering. I mean, when I went through it, it was like, I went through, not only did I go through 2020 of the all 28 cases there, and I actually had to find two of them because they weren't actually listed to begin with, but I actually went through last year's as well because Kamala Harris had said the same thing. And in each one of those, both 2019 and 2020, the first person that was, was killed was shot in a car. Like that, there's no evidence. Like I said in the video, there were 14 people that there was 14, there was no suspect. And in only six of them was there a motive. And in only three of them was it because the person was trans and two of them directly were because the people were lied to about the sexual status of their sexual partners. And they found out after the fact and then grossly over exaggerated murdered them. But it's that issue of like this. is this, These are tragic issues. These are complex issues. I mean, so I did that video and then I, I cut another video that's like 20 something minutes long, twice the length. I'm sort of trying to really deep dive this stuff. And I, I put it on, I put it, it's, it's private on YouTube. I think only my Patreon people can see it right now. And I'm, I've been told by my friends that I should delete it because it's absolutely true and absolutely correct and empathetic. And it will absolutely get me canceled. So <laughs> it's this problem where you really can't be honest about a lot of these issues. And that's frustrating because as libertarians, we should be. And that's what I really got. The reason I cut my the first video on it is because the one video at Spike is because I don't like when libertarians lie to people specifically to get votes or to engender empathy or what have you. And I saw this. At, so the, the question I keep getting from people is, why haven't I done positive videos on Spike? Like, well, you're being negative. Why aren't you being positive? I mean, maybe he's just trying to reach another community. It's because I haven't really trusted Spike. I don't know him. So I can't speak to him as a human being. But when I was at the Orlando convention, one of the things he said in his speech that I'm sort of autistic about details was, you know, we're going to get rid of this. We're going to get rid of the ATF. We're going to get rid of that. We're going to get rid of the NFA. And people who don't know, the NFA is a natural, National Firearms Act. That was an act passed by Congress that banned uh, automatic weapons back in like the 30s. It's mm -hmm. an act of Congress. The president can't get rid of that. That's just not a thing you can do. You, that's has to go through Congress. The courts could get rid of it theoretically, but the president can't just phone and pen their way out of legislation. They cannot enforce it. But that struck a nerve with me. I'm like, ooh, that's pandering to the crowd. That's red meat to the base. That's not true. Mm -hmm. And I get that from the duopoly all the time. That's I'm going to build the wall. That's I'm going to close Gitmo. It's that thing. And I don't need that from libertarians because people who want a third way, who want another option, typically don't need to be given excuses to back out that easily i'm like whoa i mean i when i when i did that video on spike most of the comments i've gotten were like wow i i thought the numbers were bs but they really are like mm -hmm. this is just this is just looks so bad and i didn't want to crap on spike over it i just was really mad about the messaging because it's bad messaging it's going to turn off so many people yeah and i think it comes down to that is like not even like the issue that we were just talking about with because like i we don't really know too much about like you know the 
trans issues or anything like that. But we do, I mean, like, like you said before, like we don't really have time to like care about that, you know, right. with, um, in, we have our own in lives regards to, live. to yeah, yeah. in regards to like policing other people's lives, you have no, no, like right. no time to care about that. But, um, with the messaging, it's, that's kind of the more important thing that needs to be fixed, I guess. Yeah. And, and that's the, the fundamental flaw is that talking about using the Julie Borowski thing, who is this message, this trans genocide and, and spikes team or spike himself lifted that entire thing, essentially from pink news. If you type in any of those names into Twitter, you're going to find all the same. It's all the same talking points. It's all the same rhetoric. It's all the same, just cut and paste nonsense. And who is that really going to appeal to? Well, you're not going to appeal to the right because even if they are, in the, you know, I don't give a damn mentality. It's just not a message they care about. It's not an issue that affects them or they just, I mean, the trans population realistically is a fraction of a fraction of a percentage of people in this country. There are people who have never met someone who's trans in their life just because statistics and they just don't care. It's not an issue that, that, that they care about. If they see it as pandering and see it as lying, that will probably turn them off. And I don't see how it helps the left either come to libertarianism because they already have a home. I mean, they're already voting for Nancy Pelosi. They're already voting for Kamala Harris. Like they, maybe, maybe not, but they're already in California. At least they were they're, They already have a political home. And what I become so frustrated with is like using the lockdowns or anything else. I mean, there are legitimate issues that everyone can get behind and we're just not doing that. California libertarian, the party is the fifth largest party in the state. The fifth it's, it's Democrat, no party preference. That's people that are unaffiliated with a party. Uh, other states might call that independent, then Republican, then the American Independent Party, because people just think that that's what independent means. They think, oh, I'm not a political party, but they're actually registering for a party, and then the Libertarians. So you have this whole group of people you can reach out to, and I don't think you can reach out to the far, you're not going to reach out to the far left in San Francisco as much as maybe the disaffected people in the Central Valley, or the people who or even the people who are just tired of being pandered to. I mean, there's a huge divide in the trans community. I mean, there was a, a huge issue with, I mean, I'm, I'm Southern California. I live near LA and Hollywood. You have to be aware of some of these issues out here, but there was a whole movement called drop the T. It was literally people who were, who didn't want transgendered people to be part of the LBGT, whatever it is now movement, because it was very problematic for a lot of people because you had, you, you'll see posts in some communities where they're like, uh, gay men are are basically Nazis because they don't want to date trans women. I mean, it's this really weird divide. So there are people in that community. They're like, no, 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 no. We're tired of being lied to. We're tired of being pandered to. We're tired of the hyperbole. We're tired of the divisiveness. And that's where you can reach people in the home and say, hey, join us. We care. But instead, it's let's just take everything out of their playbook, use all of their hashtags, use all of their nonsense, and then hope that maybe they think that we're, you know, with them. And a friend of mine likes to say, I mean, you can't out left the left. The left's ultimate solution is up against wall. It's the George Carlin bit from back in the day. He was like, you know, uh, I'm going to paraphrase it because I don't want to curse this much, but he says, um, do you, you have people that's like, do you believe in God? No, dead. Do you believe in God? Yes. Do you believe in my God? No, dead. My God has, has a big than your God. And it's like, everyone does that. They all fight against, with each other. And everyone's going to be fighting. Everyone's going to be fighting until it's just one crazy dude fighting fighting with himself in the mirror over a crew cut. <laughs> and that's what you end up with. And you can't outlet that. There's always going to be nitpickery. So instead, just go, hey, 
what's the actual libertarian message on this? How do we reach people that are disaffected? How do we help people? How do we talk to people? And that's sort of what the, the longer video that I don't know that I'll ever really sort of gets into of this are these are real issues. You got a, a, a group that has a 30% suicide rate or more. How do you reach those people instead of just pandering to them and, and lying to them? And you tell people you're in a disaffected community, 30 plus percent of you contemplate or commit suicide. By the way, you're also being hunted and killed by people. That was Spike's message. It's an epidemic. They're trying to erase you from history. It's a genocide. That's what he's telling people who are who have comorbid problems, who have all these other issues, who have such a high suicide rate, who feel disaffected. And you're and you're and you're telling them that life is so dangerous they're going to be erased from history. That's that's a problem. Yeah, that's pretty I mean that would be really scary to hear that. Right, um, yeah. I was just thinking that it it kind of reminds me of how some libertarians, I guess also like the LP kind of goes along with BLM, the organization. I mean, I, I mean, they're, they're not the organization, the movement, but the movement still has its problems. So I think just personally, I think it would be better to focus on uh, the effects of police brutality and like at least police reform and stuff like that, rather than the BLM movement. Yeah. Yeah. I think that'd, that'd be maybe a good idea. And also like, if we're going to go reach the left or whatever, maybe you can let them know that, Hey, is your favorite color yellow? Then you maybe you should vote gold. <laughs> Well, to your point about BLM, though, I mean, there's no reason to not go to BLM events and talk to people about police brutality and talk to people about, hey, this is why you shouldn't talk to police. And hey, here's all the issues and here's the crime statistics and here's what happens. But that's a different thing than literally taking a knee literally using someone else's hashtags, using their language, because now you're just sound like one of them. You haven't differentiated yourself from the pack at all. You show up wearing a mask, taking a knee, saying hashtag BLM. I can't tell if you're from somewhere else unless you set up a table with a booth and flags and flyers and whatnot. You need to be changing hearts and minds. So in my city, we had I, I got into it with people about the BLM thing because they wanted me to post things to a local blog that I'm affiliated with. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. Like this blog has been talking about police misconduct. Uh, I've been on the news for uh, allegedly breaking stories that uh, I say allegedly because I'm being sued by my city, but uh, allegedly breaking stories about a cop who filmed up, uh, who's assigned to a local school and he filmed up a 16 year old skirt with his body cam and an officer who stopped a couple and then used his flashlight and like shown his, uh, his flashlight into her crotch after she was, you know, getting on with somebody in a car. Uh, cops said, beat a, got into a fight at a concert out here. It's that sort of misconduct that we've been in, in front of and talking about for in, over about a decade now. And then BLM shows up and they're like, hey, take a knee and listen to us. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, I'm more versed in all of this. Here's what we need to talk about. Here's the actual issues. Here's the actual statistics. Here's the here's what's qualified immunity means. Here's what uh, POBAR means. And then you can reach them on those terms and then talk to them about why oversight doesn't happen, why the unions are so corrupt, et cetera, et cetera. But what I see a lot of the libertarian movement doing or libertarian party specifically doing is walking in and then just trying to blend in with the crowd, hoping to maybe pick some people off. Hey, he link up to meet with me on Facebook and then maybe I can get you to vote for me. It's like, that's why the whole point is to like Dave Smith talks about the whole point is to promote the message, promote liberty, get, we need more. I don't need people to vote for the libertarian party. I need more libertarians. Yeah. I don't care if you protest vote. I need you to believe that liberty is the right way. And that's the the thing that's that's really being missed. 
Yeah. And also kind of going to the point about this police brutality, you know, letting them know that, well, you think the Democrats are going to change anything? Well, why haven't they changed anything in such and such amount of time? I mean, they, yeah, have, they have they have some political power, like right. more than the libertarians do. So. Yeah. And then same thing with right now with Republicans. It's like, well, Republicans are obviously going to be running on a law and order type of especially with Trump. They're going to. The RNC is going to be talking about law and order at all time, all day, every day. Well, Donald Trump every day tweets out law and order. I know because so. because he hadn't said it the tenth time, but hopefully people will know the eleventh time. Law and order, law and order. Um, yeah, and so like in terms of getting reaching people out and letting them know, well, this is why you should be a libertarian or you shouldn't be in the Republican or Democrat party anymore. Whichever, let them know. Okay, so qualified immunity that obviously happened under the duopoly. And all this police brutality is happening under the duopoly. It's not just R. It's also with a D, too. So everyone's complicit with all this shit, you know. And so you have to let them know. This is why the, the being a, a libertarian or being not in those parties is good for you. Because then, in a way, you're also complicit because you register as a Republican. So anything apparently a Republican does, you're also for which basically means, okay, so I guess you're for all the wars that are happening right now, all the foreign wars and the drug war and all that stuff. And same with the D. The Democrats are the same thing. Because, I mean, like, let's let's face it. Like, do you really think Joe Biden is going to be some kind of – he's going to change everything in Washington. He's been in Washington almost his whole life. Come on. Really? Really? Hey. He's going to evolve. He'll evolve. It only, it's only taken 40 years of, of right. terrible policy, of criminalizing everybody, throwing everyone in jail. But you know what? He sniffed the right person last week, and now he's going to evolve and be a better a better warmonger. Oh. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Wasn't he going to defund the, the – they said like his response to defund the police was, we need to raise the budget and give them more money. Right, exactly. Yeah. So – yeah, I mean that's the thing though. It's like you look at every every area that's basically Democrat controlled, and they all have major SWAT teams and tanks and all this stuff, and they have these giant police unions and police budgets. And like my town, seventy percent of over seventy percent of our general fund goes to salaries and pensions. Most of that is public safety or police and fire, and most of that. I mean, you don't you're like anytime somebody says why do our roads suck, you're like because police steal all your money. That's why, like both literally and figuratively. You're like, well, how come things are getting better? Because the government doesn't care about you. It was the story today or yesterday. Um, uh, Mayor Lightfoot out of Chicago said that she was like arguing in favor of getting rid of protests in front of her house because she has an expectation of safety in a country where the Supreme Court has said that the police have no duty to protect you in a city that they had to fight. It was uh, what McDonald versus Chicago after uh, Heller versus D.C., the Second Amendment case where they actually had to say, no, 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 you have a right to defend yourself. Yeah, you should be able to have a firearm. Like you see people in record numbers in liberal areas trying to, to protect themselves now because the protests and riots and what have you. And libertarians are just sitting on the side, twiddling their thumbs, not pushing back on this, showing, hey, here's the system that doesn't care about you. They don't care if your neighborhood burns down. They don't care if the police aren't going to help you. They don't care about the cops coming into your neighborhood and taking, you know, doing all these problems. You know, nobody's pushing. There was um. There was a dude, I, I want to say it was on Penn and Teller show bullshit, but they were talking about law enforcement against prohibition years ago, a decade or more ago. And a dude who used to be former DEA, and he says the reason why they go into the poor neighborhoods for drug busts is because it's easy. It's not because it's racially motivated. It's just that it's easy. You go into Beverly Hills, Oscar night is like Christmas with how much snow is being thrown around that town. There's coke everywhere in that town. You go into Beverly Hills, everyone's got the mayor on speed dial. 
everyone has a city council member on speed dial. Everyone's going to get the police chief, you know, to, to drop the charges. And nobody in law enforcement wants to put up with the hassle. So what do they do? They go make an example out of the kid down in the hood. You know, that that's what it's all about. And you can push these narratives and talk about these things. And people will go, oh, wow, the duopoly does hate me. Oh, wow, all these idiots do just care about power. It doesn't matter what letter they have behind their name. Oh, okay. What's the different way? Hey, and if they don't vote for our presidential ticket, who cares? I mean, maybe they'll vote for somebody else in the city council. I would just love it if people just stopped registering for the duopoly. Because said in California, it's 30% already. Let's let's push that number to 50%. That'll scare them. You know? Yeah, I love too whenever you go on Facebook. Hey, have you registered to vote yet? Well, even when you go on Instagram, it's like, have you registered to vote? And it's like, yeah, you know, look at all these people that are registered. You could be one of them. No, I'm good. I, I, I'm, I don't want Facebook to tell me that I should register to vote. I'm good. I'm good. I, I think it's also a missed opportunity, though, because we do have a lot of people in the libertarian world, anarchists specifically, who don't believe in voting. And right. I understand the Michael Malice argument and all of that. And I have a hard time with that because I don't necessarily care about voting for the presidency because it, it's also just strategic. Like, I don't care because I live in California and my vote, like, it, it's it's inconsequential just, just mathematically because of LA, San Francisco. So it doesn't matter who I vote for unless it's a protest vote or I'm trying to figure out some issue. And that's the literally the sales pitch on the Libertarian Party. Like, we need 5%. We need ballot access. I'm like, I don't care about ballot access in Kansas. But voting at that level, I can see the argument against it. Voting at the local level, I have a harder time ignoring that because at the primary back in March, we had two school bonds that they were trying to pass. And it would have added, I want to say $300 or so to every house worth about $500,000. And the median household income in this area is about 500K. And a lot of them are much more. So the average would have been about $300 more per year onto your property taxes and property taxes just get passed down to the renter if you don't own your home. So there was that much money that was going to just be taken from you by the state. And a group of about five of us, one guy funded it and really ran the campaign. And then I ran the social media side of it. And a couple other people passed out signs and put things, you know, went to doors and whatnot. And that was defeated. It was resoundingly defeated. And it actually had a ripple effect because of our online campaign. Local other cities that had other school bonds latched on to were like, yeah, screw the school bond in our area also, because it's all just pension. I think we have 1,100 people who make $100,000 or more in the local school districts. I mean, it's, it's that absurd. And so voting saved me hundreds of dollars a year by voting against that tax, by getting people to vote against that tax. Now, in this November, we have a sales tax coming up in my city where they're going to add 1.25% in a sales tax to everything you buy in the city, which hurts local businesses, hurts everybody. And the anarchist position is don't vote. It just, you know, it justifies the duopoly or justifies the system. Like, you know, you know what? I know Michael Malice doesn't vote. I love Michael Malice's stuff. Don't get me wrong. But but he was locked down irrespective of his not voting. The system justifies itself by justifying itself. If there's something you can actually do to save yourself money, to vote defensively, to, to push back on things, there's value in that. At least to me, there is. Because right now, I am not going to be, I think it's between three and $500 poorer next year because of because of that and then maybe if we beat the sales tax i won't be poorer still because every time i go to the grocery store it's not going to cost me more money so that's something that also the libertarians need to sort of differentiate in as well is there are things we can actually change this is why i'm not a member of the libertarian party uh, to be honest is it because i don't believe in the preamble of their party where it says what's the the phrase i always say we we will settle for nothing less than a world set free in our lifetime i would settle for a hoa set free in our lifetime at this point 
because we just don't get anything. We don't see any real movement. And I think that's a missed opportunity. We have a lot of ways that we can affect change locally in your town, my town, whatever. And the cynical pushback of like, well, what's the point? All right, go give the state more money. All right, go let the police lock up more people. All right, don't push back on that thing. Don't have referendums. I mean, voting is what got weed legal in Cal or decriminalized in California. That's true. Yeah, I feel like on the local level, it makes sense to be involved. Uh, I guess just the the national level to me doesn't make sense. But that's why I kind of advocate for localism, like just supporting your local community, even if you're not going to vote to just be as local, like live as local as possible. Um, Cause we've been to a couple local libertarian events around here and mm -hmm. it, like we've helped with like raising money and stuff like that. So yeah. that makes sense to me. Yeah. And, the, and kind of uh, picking off of that too, there was this, um, I can't remember where exactly it was, but it was for tax collector, which is pretty local, I guess you could say. Right. Um, and yeah, Dave Parrish, I think. Maybe, yeah. But there was this, uh, there were like two banners next to each other. Yeah. One said, ah, I'm for tax collector. So, you know, in green, whatever. And then the one right next to it was, it said in big letters right at the top, taxation is theft. Vote for me or whatever I'm for tax collector. I was like, holy shit, that's awesome. Could you imagine if every like libertarian was running for tax collector? Yeah, taxation is theft. And if I win, I'll make sure to not collect your taxes. Huh. Yeah. Back. Yeah, I mean, you run for local office. I mean, and also that's the funny thing because the cost of admission, like if I, I, I'm not, I've run for city council and I, it was sort of a, it was mostly, a, it was mostly just a lark. Like I literally, my dad had run for city council in the neighboring city. So I just took his old signs and spray painted out his first name in his city and stenciled in my own. Mm -hmm. And so it was just sort of that type of campaign. And I did take it somewhat seriously, like when I had to have debates or talk to people or what have you and explain the issues. But the cost of admission was, I think, 20 signatures and like 40 bucks or something. Like it almost costs nothing. And you don't have to use it as just like, a, I, 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 the tax collector one, I have no problem with that being taxation and staff. I, that, that makes perfect sense with Brian Need on that. But a lot of libertarians just do that. Like it's just like taxation and theft and end everything. And you're not going to really reach people that way. But the cost of admission is so low. To run for state senate, for Congress, for something else, it, it's such a high bar. It costs so much money. And people don't take you as seriously if you aren't seen as competitive. That's just a reality. I had people that wouldn't support me for, for a race because I wouldn't shave. I mean, there really is a huge perception issue once you get into higher races and people tend to tune you out more. Uh, my local congressional representative, uh, Gil Cisneros, it used to be a Republican seat. The Democrats got it in the last election. Dude won the lottery. He's worth like $300 million. How do you even try to compete against that? You know, the Republicans could barely push up against it. So the idea that I would run for that or I would tell a local libertarian to run for that is just sort of laughable. But if you go to a local city council, you can get people to listen. And I'll, I'll use one quick anecdote on that. It's like I pushed, well, I stopped going to city council about a year ago when, when my, again, when my city sued me, uh, which is a whole thing. But I used to go to city council regularly. I used to talk, push back on all of the issues that uh, they were trying to start um, basically work with another city to build this crony nonsense called the joint powers authority and i was the only guy there pushing it back against the, the the fire union and they all hate me but that's fine whatever but even people who were on the other side of the aisle i mean boot licking left like leftist democrats would walk up afterwards and say you know what i disagree with you but at least you bring facts and you bring a different perspective 
And a couple people have now been turned to a more libertarian ideology to where now I know people that were when I met them five years ago were absolute leftists and are now working to push back on sales taxes, working to push back on government overreach, asking for police oversight in a positive, non sort of race worry way. And so it's possible to reach people at that level as opposed to just LARPing for the highest office in the land as though we're going to bring liberty to the entire world. You know, so that's that's where I, I really think it's interesting. Like when you say you go to local libertarian meetings or local events or raise money for local candidates or local things, that has a huge impact and it has a huge ripple effect as you meet people and talk to people. Yeah, and, and also too, you you made an impact when you were talking to those people because maybe for them it was just so different. They hadn't heard of those ideas. And mm-hmm. so they were like, I want to learn more about that. And so they did. And now, like you're saying, they're pushing back on some stuff, which is great. You know, and then kind of going back to what was said earlier about like, well, a libertarian can say this or whatever, but they're afraid to talk about discrimination laws, whatever. And when you also mentioned Michael Malice, when Joe Jorgensen was talking about the uh, like all that skedaddle stuff that was going on with her, he just kept pressing on her like, OK, so what's your stance on anti-discrimination laws? And nothing, like no answer. It's like, see, this is the thing, too. And this is why I think also like like Dave Smith and Tom Woods, whatever, they're in the party and they're not afraid to kind of let people know how they feel, even if they know this is probably going to piss some people off. They're not afraid of that. They're not afraid to make some people angry. And that's why, especially since ever since they joined the party, they've been getting a lot of shit. You know, I'm sure they were getting it before, but now that they're in the party, they're getting a whole ton of shit from libertarians who maybe kind of like kind of brushed them off, but now they're in, oh, fuck, this is a, this, they're a threat. We got to do something about this. And so being, being a stronger messenger and also not being afraid to make people mad, I think is something that libertarians need to do because, I mean, you make people mad anyway just by not being a Republican or Democrat, you know? So you kind of don't have a whole lot to, um, to do in terms of making them mad because you're not part of that system or whatever, Technically, I guess. I mean, if you're a third party person, I guess technically you're kind of in the system, but you're not. I don't know. It's a whole thing, whatever. But no, I mean, take that to its logical conclusion. It's like, I don't think you need to just make people mad. I think you just need to, you're just going to make people mad. So just own what you believe. I mean, and also that's, that's a big difference that you'll see sort of in the edgelord world of the libertarian world where people actually go out of their way to make people mad. And I understand that it's, it's a little, it's, we all have that impulse. I mean, I think just today i couldn't help myself somebody posted this you know this this thing that never really happened where they're like oh an eight-year-old told me we shouldn't be playing 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 hangman in our classroom because uh all the lynchings and what's going on with black people and it's one of those like clap clap yeah that never happened sort of thing you know it was so stunning and brave but i and i couldn't help myself but go to that person that that group's page and and drop a comment i think what did i say is that uh until they got rid of chalkboards People uh, hanging had nothing to do with people in color or black people. All victims up until that point were done in white, white chalk. So just, <laughs> just, just sort of just dropping in there and just making fun of them and making people angry. I mean, there is that childish impulse that a lot of us have, but in general, we're just just by saying no, taxation is theft. You're going to get people pushing back on that. Just by saying that no, police actually are sort of mercenaries. They just 
They, they will threaten your city and threaten to leave if they don't get every pay raise, every overtime benefit, everything they want. They aren't heroes are not mercenaries. They're, you're going to get pushback on that. No, you shouldn't talk to police. Here's 15 provable reasons why. No, the state can't be trusted with X, Y, and Z. You're going to get people that hate you on all of those things. Even the most basic things like in California, like, no, I, I don't believe in high-speed rail because it's a $100 billion boondoggle that the governor now says won't come to my city. And they're like, re. So just stand firm on that. And it's not a big deal. You just say, listen, here's what I believe. Here's why I believe it. And the best things libertarians can do is just have the data to back it up. That's the hardest part, honestly, because I've, I've read countless city council agendas and I've gone through municipal codes and I've read statutes and I don't recommend people do this stuff necessarily. We need to find like a team of people to do this for us because it's ridiculous. But when you come at them and you're like, no, here's why. No, here's why. No, here's why. And people realize you're not just spouting hyperbole. They tend to take you more seriously because most people have a binary switch. You agree with me, you're on my team. You don't agree with me, you're on the other team. And the minute you go, whoa, 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 here's the facts. I don't care about either of your teams. I, I'm, I'm not a sports ball guy. I don't care about your teams. Here's the facts. People tend to be more receptive. So, yeah. And it's like, uh, you know, Scott Horton says, you know, you got to fight the left from the left and the right from the right. And I think that's, I think that's a really good strategy because you kind of have to speak their language too, you know? Like you, you can't go to a left winger and start talking about, you know, the constitution or whatever, because I would probably say most left wingers probably maybe don't really care about the constitution, you know? And then when you talk to a right winger, you don't want to talk left wing language, like, I don't know, bake the cake or just stuff that a left wing would love, but a right winger is like, nah, I'm, I don't want to listen to you. So if you talk in their language, that's also another, I think another thing that you can do to kind of help maybe, you know, let them know that, okay, well, you know, like libertarians, I guess, I guess sort of, they kind of have a mix of left and right. I know some people don't like hearing that or whatever, but I mean, you know, like libertarians, you know, the whole thing about Burgess Republicans who love weed or smoke weed. And there were also Democrats who love guns, which I guess is kind of true sort of in, in some ways. I mean, socially liberal, fiscally conservative, that old, that old thing. Right. Right. Uh, but I guess what I'm trying to say, you know, like in this whole drawn out thing that I'm trying to say is that if you speak their language, it's just going to help them understand where you're coming from. Because if you're speaking, it's like, if you're talking to a French person, but you're speaking Russian, they're not going to understand what the hell you're talking about. You know, I, I've been wondering about this for a little while now, cause I, I haven't listened to much. I mean, I've read some of the stuff or I've seen some, I've seen Scott, I've seen Scott Horton mentioned more than I've actually seen Scott Horton's stuff, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I've seen that quote regularly where, you know, attack from the left, from the left, the right, from the right. And I wonder if libertarians take that, I'm not sure what he means exactly, but I, the way I see people take it is you use their language, you, you co-op how they're talking and you try to get them on your side. Mm -hmm. But when I first saw that quote, the way I saw it was more like a, jujitsu thing like you use their language against them it's sort of like people who believe in cancel culture you make them you hoist them by their own petard you make them live by the standards that they live in because right. that's something i believe for the longest time i think i was like 15 when i said everyone should go on welfare just to bankrupt the system like that's how you collapse it like it just just everybody utilize everything you can because it'll force them to means test it at some point it'll mm -hmm. force the system to collapse um i was a young collapsitarian but it's that, that thing where maybe you just use their arguments like what are you talking about oh well you know i believe in x subject well you realize that x subject actually means y 
Like instead of going, oh yeah, I too believe in excess about a subject and here's why it matters. I think that's the, a different approach. And I don't understand personally the approach of co-opting someone's language to necessarily, it's the, um, what did somebody say to me at the convention? People have to know you care before they care that you know, or something like that. Like it was the premise that you have to take a knee to get somebody to want to care about what you have to say. And like, well, I'm not going to do that, but I'd rather take what they say and make them live by it, make them understand how it really affects them. Because that, that's more important. You say, when somebody's out there screaming, defund the police, you're like, okay, well, do you really mean to defund the police? Right. You just ask questions and they'll go, no, 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 no. What we really mean is, to, like, do I get money back? Oh, no, no, no. You're just going to move all that money into social services or what have you. And the, the first thing I've said to people that gets people to push back a little bit, it goes, who would you trust more if they had a vendetta against you? Child protective services or a cop? I, I would let the cop harass me way more because at least theoretically, it's easier to push back with the state. It's it's that thing where the child protective services will ruin your life, take your kid, they will do everything they can, and then they'll get the police involved. They're a way more evil organization. Um, so maybe I don't want them to have money also. Do you see what this group does? Like Kamala Harris wanted to throw you in jail because your kid was truant. Now they want to do it because your kid's truant digitally. Like, those other groups are also bad. Just like taking the money from the police and giving it to other bureaucrats, you know, isn't necessarily a good thing. So I think it's that issue of taking what the left, fighting the left from the left by making them live by their own rules and the right from the right the same way, as opposed to just trying to use their language. That's kind of how I interpreted what he said. And when other people explained it, it sounded like that. But I guess some people took it in in that other way where you're supposed to i don't know empathize with them or something and then well i guess with i guess what i was trying to say too about that is yeah like you were saying kind of have them live by their own standards and, and all that but i think at the same time i think maybe if you did like a like some com combination or whatever because you don't want to just go at them and just be like, well, you're stupid. You don't know what the hell you're talking about, you know. So I, I can kind of, you know, I can understand why some people would be like that. But I definitely get what you're saying. I, and I, and I would, and I'm not gonna like speak for Scott or whatever. I'm just saying that's kind of the okay. the quote I know that of him saying that. But it wouldn't surprise me if that's probably what he would say. That's what he meant. But I can definitely see both of those type of mentalities. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I see the other mentality coming out of the LP, though, because that's the hashtag Black Lives Matter. That's the the spike trans thing. That's the literally using their language, co taking all of their talking points, living, being a living embodiment of their memes in order to try to reach them, as opposed to talking about the issues they care about from a place of honesty, from a place of trust, from a place of just integrity, and then trying to reach them that way. I mean, the Socratic method does wonders as long as you're honest with it. If you walk up to people like, well, what do you mean by that? What? Is, oh, oh, what's all this about? What What do you mean? I don't understand this. It breaks a lot of things. I I did that years ago. I used to work for, for FedEx office or Kinko's. And we had a um, sexual harassment, non-discrimination training thing that they make you go through every year. And you just play dumb. And you just ask questions like, I don't, I don't understand. What does that mean? Or you bring them into logical traps. Like, really? So what does it mean to be anti-racist? Oh, okay. And, and how do I be anti-racist in this situation? And then they have yeah. to start thinking through how to explain it to you. And you're not being malicious about it. You're just like, you're not like, no, you're wrong. And you're stupid. And here's why. And re, you just go, really? What does that mean? 
I don't understand. And then they'll start to go, oh, well, hold on. Let me see if I can break this to you. And then maybe they'll think about it later. Maybe they'll go, oh, maybe that doesn't make sense. So what a guy that said, um, they were talking about discrimination. He's like, would it be, if I knew someone didn't understand what I was saying, would it be racist to talk about them in the same room if they, and all they understood was their name? And the, the HR lady was like, oh, yeah, yeah. You don't want to make someone uncomfortable. It's like, wow, that's interesting. So what am I supposed to do when my Hispanic coworkers do that about me? And she immediately like deer in the headlights had no answer. Cause it was yeah. like, uh, 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 and then she had to come up with a rationality for that. And they actually had to sort of institute a policy about not doing that to anybody, which mm -hmm. they, that wasn't on the agenda, but it's just that thing. Like, I don't understand. What's this? What's that? And I think that breaks a lot of barriers with people. I, you're, you're absolutely right. Don't walk into a protest or a room or a meeting or whatever, and just re at them. I mean, I've been it. I've been in Democratic meetings before and just sat there, just sat there, listened passively, took yeah. notes, made fun of them later, took notes. I'm like, okay, okay, you're oh wow, you are so wrong. Oh, oh boy. And then, yeah, yeah. And then afterwards, you talk to people like at the cocktail reception or whatever, and you're like, oh hey, here's what's. I went when I ran for city council. I was the only person that wasn't on the left who went to the local LGBT mixer thing they had. And my wife wanted to go because she saw mixer. It's like, Hey, cocktail party. And it wasn't that at all. It was just three hours of people running for office and shilling for their campaigns. And I was like, I guess I would technically kind of be an ally, but I'm not down with communism, which is what all these people were talking about. Like I stood on their stage and said, I didn't agree with all of the communist stuff people were saying. I'm like, and here's what I do believe in, and here's why I believe in individual liberty and individual freedom and whatnot, and why it would should matter at a local level. And people took my my signs. More people took my campaign signs than the local progressive nitwit that was running in my town. Hmm. Because they were like, wow, you're not just, you know, laying it on thick. You're not just here to, you know, try to win me over. You're just trying to explain who you are. And people respected that. Some of them then saw some of my later beliefs uh, on taxation, what have you, and may have taken those signs down. <laughs> but the point is you can reach people like that. So, Yeah, and kind of going back with just the messaging in general and um, like another another example of all of this is when uh, the Joe Jorgensen Twitter account and I guess Joe Jorgensen basically when she was saying, oh, I'm so glad that Kamala Harris is the vice presidential pick. And, you know, I'm so glad a woman came back, you know, or is in the race and all this stuff. And it's just like, and, and you mentioned this too, when you're saying, well, why would they vote for you when they can just vote for Joe Biden? You're literally just basically telling them, oh, another woman's in there, but she's a D and she has more of a chance of, of winning, even though, you know, she's running vice president, or whatever, but why would they vote for you? Like, Kamala Harris is there. So what's the point? You know what I mean? So instead, and there are people that are that were that were disappointed with this. It's like, well, you could have just you could have said this about Kamala Harris. You could have been like, yeah, she locked these people up. And you know, you could have even just you could have even just showed a pic of a video of when Tulsi Gabbard was just basically throwing her into fire with all the stuff she was doing. You know what I mean? But no, yeah, oh, she's I'm glad another woman's in the race because this is a man's club. And it's just like, oh my goodness, what are you what are you doing? You know what I mean? All of the people that were receptive to that, there's two camps that were receptive to that message. People already voting for Kamala and people making excuses for Jorgensen. That's it. Mm -hmm. Nobody else is receptive to that. Nobody, everyone, everyone in California who knows Kamala Harris's record is not receptive to that. My county, we had what was known as the jailhouse snitch program. And it, it came about, it was a 
whole whole thing. It came out was a it was a mass shooting that took place at a salon, and then in investigating that, the public defender found out that the local sheriff's department was illegally recording uh, prisoner phone calls, including with their with their lawyers, like attorney client privilege stuff. Huge mm-hmm. scandal dealt with our entire sheriff's department. The DA was involved with all of this. Kamala Harris did nothing as attorney general. She did nothing. She was on. She was interviewed. Asked about it. I think it was. I think it was Time Magazine. And she said, "If you want accountability, I'm paraphrasing. But if you want accountability in your in your local departments, you need to vote for better leadership." I'm like, you're attorney general. It's literally your job. I mean, right. they could they could have come out and said, "Like, it's interesting that Joe Biden chose a you know chose Kamala Harris based on her checkbox trademarks. It's too bad so many people lost the right to vote because of her policies." And then right. link to all of the federal crimes or all the uh, felonies that she pushed that took people's right to vote away. You know that that's how you attack that, and then you talk about it honestly. But instead, it was like, "Oh no, no, it's fine. She's a girl." You know more. What's the Scott Horton thing? More female drone pilots. Right. More right. female dictators. Right, exactly. Just taking a moment to say, if you want to help support us, please donate to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash what's happening, or you can donate to us directly via PayPal. Some examples of patron benefits include early access, the full video library of old content, exclusive polls that will dictate the direction of our show, and merch. Thank you for your support. We really appreciate it. Um, so uh, we wanted to mention this before um, you know we, we finish this and everything. And so we did a, a poll on Patreon and we asked our patrons what should be the, 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 the topic that we talk about after the Liberty Movement stuff, which we've gone on for more than an hour, which is awesome. And so the winner, and I'll go ahead and um, share it here on the screen and it's kind of a, it's it actually kind of fits because you know we're talking about blood suckers in the government and so here in this article in uh, sky news um if it's if it'll work Uh-oh. uh but basically basically what it is is 750 million genetically modified mosquitoes to be released across florida keys and so Basically, I guess they're trying to help with the uh, population of mosquitoes, correct? Yeah, they're trying to genetically modify mosquitoes to not be able to breed with each other so that they won't be able to carry certain diseases like Zika or malaria. Right. And then for us, since we live in Texas, in the article it says in 2021, they will also be released in Harris County, Texas. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, boy. So... Yeah. So that will never happen in my town because we have a bunch of very, very vociferous Green Party members who will push who push back on normal spraying of mosquitoes because people mm-hmm. just leave puddles of water or whatever in their backyard. I live in a in Southern California. It's a semi-arid climate. We have no rain as it is, but they'll still somehow leave puddles of water out and there. We will have mosquitoes. We have signs up in our neighborhood about whatever virus and mosquitoes are um, West Nile or whatever it is. Um I think the solution to this story, we don't need to release these uh, these mosquitoes. I'm going to say bring back DDT. <gasps> oh, that solves the problem. There we go. There we go. I know it's not popular, but I watched the videos of the dude drinking, a, eating a spoonful of DDT every day, and he seemed all right. So, um, yeah, I would say do that. I don't really, I don't know. I don't have an opinion really on the genetically modification, genetic modification of things, because one, it's getting really 
really efficient in gene editing using CRISPR and other things to, to slice genes and do specific edits as opposed to back in the day when you would just literally breed this with this and now we have that. I mean, almost everyone's dog is a genetic modification of just years of incestuous breeding to get a certain result that you want. So the idea of editing things or finding ways to make a creature that can't, I mean, that's what, a, I mean, it's natural, but that's what a mule is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, you know, it's, it's two species that got together and now their offspring can't breed. It's, it's a liger, uh, those sort of animals. So if there's a way to do that with mosquitoes to where they can't breed. Oh, okay. I just, are they, are they going to kill all the other mosquitoes? Like, how does that work? Like, why are you releasing 750,000 of something like this? Is the point that they're going to, kill off the other mosquitoes like i guess they're just gonna try to it, mate with the other mosquitoes and then their offspring will be a sterile i think that's the hmm. point but uh, i don't know like the whole thing that bothers me is that it's has something to do with bill gates and also they've tried this yeah exactly <laughs> um he's apparently tried this in south america you can bring up the other article i think okay. is it in brazil um and basically what happened was yeah i think it was brazil right yeah well anyway so they they released the genetically modified mosquitoes and then ended up breeding like a super um species of mosquitoes that now can't be killed with normal um like spraying so i'm just afraid that that's going to happen and being in texas and they're going to do this next year Mm-hmm. in Harris County like that's not that far away from us so I guess the question there is I mean what, what I would immediately want to know is has the government already given them a waiver of liability because if that's the case then then we have problems okay. I think th- this is one of those issues where it's what's the old thing is like science just because you can doesn't mean you should yeah and there's a lot of cases I mean we have cases here in California and elsewhere all over the country where they'll do something to hey we're going to introduce this species to get rid of that problem and then then this species ends up causing way more havoc and because there's no accountability in government like who's going to be held accountable on this the company will probably get a government waiver they'll probably excuse me have no liability and then the state never really has liabilities so I don't know that there's any drawback to them to do it i mean obviously there's drawback for us the citizens or the local areas or what have you i mean nobody wants super mosquitoes but also i i think this is i mean seriously it, it is a response to banning things like ddt i mean we've had millions of people who have died in africa because of malaria and if you were just to take the the nets uh, nets that they put around the rooms and not spray the whole neighborhood in ddt or whatever but like put the nets up that have this on it or put it in the doorways it can mitigate a lot of those deaths and they don't do it because of a book silent spring that was full of lies half lies and pictures of also lies and so now they're coming up with all these other options these other alternatives and you see that a lot in the state you see that with like california we're having rolling blackouts right now or we're on the verge of having blackouts right now because they all want to go green energy well why because they banned nuclear you know they they shut down the the nuclear power plant in san onofre and didn't instead of rebuilding it and so now we just don't have the capacity. There's what's called a duck curve where the power like, hey, solar's great. And then at 4 p.m. it stops. And so there's no thought to that. So now they want to come up with all these other alternatives, these other options. Like, you know, you know, the solution was just nuclear, right? Like 50 years ago, like we had the answer right there. Like, I feel I feel that way about DDT. Like we had the answer right there. Like mosquitoes suck. But we have the thing right there that kills them. So can we talk about 
ways to use that. I mean, again, let's not nuke the whole country with it. Let's not just, you know, carpet bomb every neighborhood with DDT and put it in people's cereal and whatnot. But maybe right. there are strategic ways we can use this chemical that we absolutely know kills that pest. How can we do it efficiently? Because that way we, are, we aren't putting more money into Bill Gates's pockets. We're not worried about all of those things. There's no company with a liability waiver that's going to screw you over. Right? That was the thing with, with the, the COVID vaccine. They're like, this company won't be held accountable for the, for the repercussions of this. And you're like, oh, wait, what? So, yeah. I think that if that's, that's the issue where they're going to breed with them and then hopefully not have offspring. I mean, genetic mutations happen all the time. Yeah. I mean, that's what that's what gene editing really is. Yeah, and not only that, they'll get immune to pesticides or whatever. And then I guess we're going to have more mosquitoes than we had before. And it's like, you know, I don't know if you watch Star Trek, but in TNG or whatever, in the Borg, when, you know, first you can kill a Borg, but then after a while, it gets immune to your phaser. Now what are you going to do? You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. And then, then we're just going to end up with genetically modified super hornet mosquitoes and all these problems. And yeah, yeah. That sounds really on par for this year, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, but- yeah. Yeah, it's no, the October point. surprise. Yeah. <laughs> that's better than zombies. So that, that'll be in December. Yeah. 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 Coming out of the snow and, you know, all that good stuff. Right. Yeah. Uh, dead snow. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, I guess um, we can go ahead and uh, end the episode here. We had, we talked about a lot, uh, especially with all the Liberty stuff. That was great. You know, I think um, hopefully, uh, you know, people understand what we're trying to say in terms of uh, the messaging and just the movement in general, because I think a lot of people, you know, and there are going to be those libertarians kind of just uh, guess putting everything full circle. There are going to be libertarians who are just, they're just not going to listen to what we're saying. They're just going to be par for the course. Just be party politics. We're third party. We're going to, we want to be part of the duopoly. Please just let us in, please. But then there's going to be those who are just like, we got to do something different. This is not working. You know, I mean, in 2016, yeah, that's great. Gary Johnson got a lot of the votes, but I mean, look who he was running against. I mean, come on, really? And probably some were protest vote. I mean, let's, let's be honest, you know. And so for 2020 and beyond, there's got to be something better here than what's happening right now, what's happening right now. Oh, and wow. so, <laughs> so yeah, it, it, there just has to be something better. And I think bringing that message out and just being more aggressive, not – not me, not trying to like, you know, be an asshole, but just kind of let people know, okay, this is what I stand for. And this is how I'm going to let you uh, know what I'm talking about. And they'll help you better understand what I'm, what I believe in and everything and not being afraid to tell the truth. Right. Sorry. Exactly. No, I felt like I had to say no, it. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. Thanks for letting me finish that. Yeah, good. <laughs> um, Aggressive doesn't have to be mean. It can just be being forthright. I think that's what I want to see from the both the liberty movement and just the liberty, the larger liberty community is that we just need to get ideas out. We need to be able to let people know what we believe in in any way we can. And if people have ideas that aren't politically motivated, that's even better. If you have an idea for a novel, a comic book, a, a, a song, a, a poem, it doesn't matter what it is. If you have ideas and artwork that you can put out there that can infuse, and it doesn't have to be like, I use this re- reference all the time, but it's like Kurt Cameron, it's like someone that knows conservative. Like you don't have to do that. You don't have to hallmark channel your message. You can do things in more subtle ways. You can do things in the old you know, punk DIY ethics sort of way and get those ideas out there. And if people can do that and be honest with it and stand behind it, 
don't buckle. When somebody reads at you, somebody screams at you, your your crazy uncle or aunt threatened to, to defriend you on Facebook, just stand by what you believe. And if that's done in a positive way, it'll reach a lot more people. Yeah, and I think that's a good way to end the show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, well, thank you so much, Joshua, for coming on and for uh, you know talking about this important issue. I think, and uh, yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. And uh, we will see you guys in the next one.